Welcome to Don't Be an Idiom. We're on episode 54. If you're tuning in, you've probably listened in the past at some point. If you're smart. This is an idiom show. We look up the origins of idioms and uh, we do it in the most... Casual. Casual. (laughs) I was going to say like a roundabout, like the most... What's the word I'm looking for? I can't It's for the everyman. The word that I want, though. Cyclical. No, it's definitely not <laughs> cyclical. We get kind of cyclical. Yeah, or I get sick sometimes of, right. of doing this, especially when Albert feeds me eggnog rums before we start. And no um, lactate. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this guy kept it on hand. No, man, but I appreciate the, the sips. It was, it was good. It's old Santee. Old don't be an idiom brought to you by Old Santi, the eggnog you don't have to refrigerate. Until you open it. Oh, does it say that? I don't know. I, I just imagine. <laughs> I, don't know I actually don't know. Like, how can you buy cream beverages in, in the non-frozen section? Yeah, that's what, that was my problem. I know, but it was a, a liquor warehouse. They know what they're doing. No, I'm sure they do. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was meant to be where it is. But I guess, like, I don't know. What if it is like just giant warnings? Be like, but do not you consume. You have to buy it right now and then put it in your fridge. <laughs> we, we don't have room for it. Oh my god, Americans could not be trusted with that task. You buy it. You then you put it in the fridge. Rush home. <laughs> Rush home right now. Yeah. You just crack open the fridge and you kind of get your face in there and take a little sips. <laughs> Don't even. Interesting. The bottle can never the leave edge. the refrigerated air. As much as possible. Yeah. Yeah, no, most. This stuff know. is on the edge. <laughs> it's part of the charm. <laughs> um, no, but we we here at Don't Be an we look up the origin stories. We research the origin stories. <laughs> <laughs> of common phrases and idioms. Albert and I are old friends, been friends for 35 years. The beginning of the end. Um, and look at us today, successful radio show hosts. In a nice room <laughs> with um, sort of paint on the walls. <laughs> yeah, sort of paint. <laughs> um, anyway, we have a new listener. Her name is Maggie. She's from Gilbertsville, Pennsylvania. And she recently asked because she's only uh, maybe has only listened to a few episodes so she's starting from like the the first one but that's because she's what how old i don't know i'm, I'm not sure i know maggie <laughs> 12 <laughs> about, about that which i was gonna say when you said our newest listener she's probably also our newest as Yum. like newest alive oh on the planet. Too, yeah <laughs> we've we've gone from <laughs> Wait, what were we talking about earlier? We're talking about good old Maggie, the newest listener. Yeah, but before Maggie, what were we talking about? Um, oh, uh, it's not going bad immediately. <laughs> so anyway, right? yeah, yeah. I, I was trying to remember something from earlier in the episode. It's only been three minutes, but... <laughs> You're kidding. No way. Yeah, no. It feels like it's been like eight. 
Listen, the point I wanted to say was uh, Maggie asked us, because she listened to one of the early episodes, hey, how's the quest for getting John Hamm's information and getting him on the show? And I was like, I completely forgot that we ever had a John Hamm joke. That was one of our first sticks. That means in 2017, we were talking about getting John Hamm to do a promo for the show or... And it was going to be like a like a running gag. Yeah. And we dropped it after two episodes. Yeah. Because we realized we don't need him. <laughs> yeah. We've grown. We Yeah. Like, even if John Hamm was like, come on, guys, give me a chance. <laughs> <laughs> I would be like, mm, come on, guys, give me a chance. I don't think so. If John Hamm called you <laughs> and said, I want, hey, you don't know me. I found your number. Um. I want to do something for your show. You would say no. And I'd be like, who are you? Do you have a name? And well, he would say, yes, this is John Hamm. Oh, then I'd be like, all right, cool. All right, what kind of money are we talking about here? <laughs> are, are you paying him or is no, he gonna, no, he's, he's going to no, pay we, us we, to he, show up? begging. Yeah. He'll do anything. Right. But even if he's like, no, I'll just give you half of that. Yeah. And we'll be like, still, that's awesome. That's that's free money. Yeah. I guess this is all to say that we've not had John Hamm on the show yet. Um, thank you for asking, Maggie. It was also nice just to kind of like remember some earlier th- earlier nice. things about early episodes. They don't name towns no more. She brought that up as well. Right. Naturally in conversation, I heard. It was natural. It was incredible. And, you know, for any of you who remember, that was we wanted to in- invent, establish an idiom. And we did. They don't name towns no more. Have you been saying it to your coworkers and friends? I hate the people I work with. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. Right? Yeah, yeah, sure. Am I right, people? <laughs> we all agree. <laughs> um, well, they don't name towns no more, you know? <laughs> yep. Can't take that one back. Anyway, guys, go out there and use it. Um, also, this episode is brought to you by Scuzz Green. The only green with hair. Go pick it up today. That's our first. Uh, we know that uh, some podcasts have uh, advertisements in the middle of the episodes. We don't. Right. But just occasionally, Scuzz Green is going to um, sponsor our episodes. I love it. It's like it's like a, a product that's only in our universe. Yeah. What's the... What is the... What is it's Scuzz the Green? color green. Yeah, right. But it has hair. And is it just something you see, or can you, you can <laughs> yeah, you buy Scuzz Green? Right? Oh yeah, you have to buy it. <laughs> They're our sponsor. We they gotta give us something. But are you buying like a paint, like paint, or you, it's you're just buying? You're the color green <laughs> with the hair. Yeah. So if anyway, if it's that's, like, but you can't act like you don't know because then everyone's gonna be like, he doesn't know about Scuzz Green. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking dork. <laughs> Yeah, you don't want to be the one left out. <laughs> so they so, will pay any amount. So if this happens to be the first time you're you're hearing about this and you heard it here, that's a that's a cha-ching for us. <laughs> that is a cha-ching. <laughs> um, but no, we'll we'll gladly take responsibility for introducing you to this hot new product. Um, it's the only green with hair. So you know all about it. it. Um, one last thing for the top of the show. Important stuff before we get to the origin stories of idioms. Oh, I feel like we worked so hard already. <laughs> well, we're barely <laughs> like, eight minutes I'd like in. like to be like halfway done the show. Right? I got about a half a show left in me. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Listen, it's it's Christmas time. It's wintry outside. You know it is. You need to 
have a few beverages before you begin, um, you know, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> so go buy some Scuzz Green. <laughs> yeah, right. Where were you going with that? I don't know. It's not always easy to get through an hour of this. <laughs> yeah, for the <laughs> listeners. <laughs> or us. Listen, it's well, equally as hard for us, everybody. It is hard. <laughs> Um, no, the last thing I wanted to say was I think I bought a rotten Christmas tree. <laughs> we went I to Jim Thorpe. Oh, he bought a rotten Christmas tree. We saw tree. one down. It was beautiful. And, you know, I got it here. And first of all, it hurts like <laughs> hell. The needles are, oh. it, they're like cactus oh, spikes. Oh, you got one of those Carolina blues or something? A, I think it's a blue spruce. Yeah, it, those hurt. Dude, hey, everyone. Through gloves. I hope there are some people nodding in their cars right now. I am. I'm nodding. Those blue spruces are dangerous. Actually dangerous. I've screamed in furious (laughs) anger. Well, I'm sorry. Furious pain. (laughs) Furious anger (laughs) pain. It's a little redundant, but... But that's how much it hurt. There are... And there are needles everywhere. Everywhere. I know. And I'm like... you. I would just be sitting on the couch reading, and then all of a sudden, I'd be like... like, (laughs) I feel like, oh my, there's needles falling off this tree. We like, don't even have a cat. Noisily. <laughs> They're just falling down, like raining. Man. Yeah. You know what? I think I got drawn in by the, like. It's a great, the, it's a great look. Yeah. The guy was like, you'd be like, here's your regular Christmas tree. Meh. And then he's like, or the blue spruce. Sounds good. All the hipsters got the blue spruce. That's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like. <laughs> Yeah, man. (laughs) I get it. (laughs) Yeah, well, he got you, and he sure as hell got me. Because this thing is The moment I touched it, the moment I touched it, getting it on the car, then getting it in the house, and Mm -hmm. it's like, ah, every step of the way. Seriously. And then it was dead so soon. Okay. I'm really, this is very comforting to know you're having the same experience. <laughs> I hate the blue spruce. You heard it here, folks. We do not endorse blue spruce. I don't care how trees. cool it is. Anyway. All right. So listen, <laughs> this don't be an idiom. We're going to play a game to see who goes first. That person's going to drop an idiom. We're going to have a guess of the origin, and then we're going to hear the actual origin story. And it is going to blow your mind away or bore the fucking <laughs> shit out of you. It is going to surprise me and Ryan, that's for sure. That's for sure. So what's the game we have to play today? Today we have Noel? the classic Let's <clears throat> Go Fishing. Albert is going to win this hands down. <laughs> There's no way I'm winning this. Well, I'll tell you what. Whoever owned this set before, they had the fishing poles on backwards, the hooks. Oh. So you, they just slid right off. Right. So I was thinking about giving you one that was the wrong way and then me having the right one and cheater. cheating. Jeez. What the fuck? But I didn't. Like you thought about it though. Yeah. All right, let's go. All right, it's the game where all the little fish are jumping up. You gotta go fishing. So here we go.
All right, that was about oh, that God. game took about <laughs> seven or eight minutes. First of all, what is that called? It's called go- Let's Go Fishing. It is a very, very exhausting, difficult game. Oh, it's cool though. Mm-hmm. I mean, the heads look like the little shop of horrors heads. Topping they're, out, they're just awesome. They're anyway, Albert beat me um, nine to eight, so it was neck and neck. It was a good fight, though. It was. All right, so what's your idiom? Who man, uh, right after that performance, you'd probably like to take a mulligan. <laughs> take a mulligan. I take a mulligan, why don't you? <laughs> Is this an Irish sort of thing? <laughs> I or don't what? know. Okay, take a mulligan. What does it mean to take a mulligan? What does it mean? Can you to give take me a, a sentence? Mulligan? Uh, yeah. So, um, uh, you know, I I messed up on my first marriage, so I guess I'll take a mulligan. All right, so like a second chance, a do over, a do over, yeah, oh, like that makes a second chance, yeah. right? Yeah, I use it in a crude way. I I don't mean that. It's satire. <laughs> this is hilarious. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Some child might laugh. Um, okay, so it's a do-over. So it's another. All right, take a mulligan is another word for a do-over. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that I had this funny rhyming meaning, but it's not. A second chance after your first has gone awry. I thought, I thought it sounded like it rhymed or something. No. All right. So. <laughs> yeah. So. So that's what it means. It's a do-over, mm-hmm. um, especially when you do a bad job the first time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like that's yeah, a mulligan. Okay. I'll take a mulligan. So where do you think this word comes from? It's the part of the show where Ryan guesses where 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 it comes from. Yeah. Take a mulligan. Take a mulligan, my unshot. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, obviously, mulligan sounds very Irish, but mm. I am going to say that this is an American idiom. Mm. Okay. I'm going to say it's the early 1800s. And I'm going to, I'm going to say that um, Mulligan was a, was a strong man in traveling circus. And he, mm. he performed alongside a gorilla named Fertzi. And no, 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 I don't like that name at all. Hold on. Fertzy. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Buxo. Oh, yeah. That's, Better? That's got more pizzazz <laughs> for sure. So Mulligan and Buxo, they've got a whole sort of like, you throw me, I throw you. You throw me, I throw you. <laughs> the people you love me, it. I throw you. And uh, yeah, it was, and it, everything moved too quick because it's like basically like watching like a, you know, like an old Herky jerky. <laughs> Herky jerky silent film. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, how they lived. This is what it like. That's what it I looks want everyone like. to be we're picturing look, it like look that. At it that way. Yeah, yeah. And um, his name was Mulligan, right? And they also had a move, right. a special move called a Mulligan. And on a big night, big night down there in Oklahoma, Oklahoma City. Yeah. Early 1800s. I don't I hope it existed in the early 1800s. Otherwise, I'm oh, going to sound like a so. fool. Oh, I hope so. I wouldn't want to be associated with someone <laughs> who got something like that wrong. But um they were performing in front of a huge crowd and Buxo slipped on a banana and while 
in mid throw of Mulligan, and he threw him so hard against a uh, very a very hard wall. <laughs> <laughs> a hard wall. <laughs> Oh, right. wow. Broke his back. Oh, Buxo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Buxo. No, broke his back and his his uh <laughs> his leg bones were were <laughs> trash. <laughs> they were nothing. They were like they were, bo- they were like bone powder and tights. <laughs> Remember Buxo was a, a strong man as well, just a gorilla strong man. Right, so Buxo is the one. Game. Buxo's the gorilla with the yeah, broken yeah. back. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, Mulligan, he, Buxo throws Mulligan and he slips on a banana and Mulligan flies out of his hands. And. <laughs> it's funny because this wasn't even supposed to be a goofy guess <laughs> to me. I was trying to kind of be straight with it. Anyway, so uh, Mulligan's, he's got a broken back, but um, uh, he looks into Buxo's eyes, who he loves. He's, you know, they worked together for years. And <laughs> so Mulligan looks Buxo in the eyes and he's looking at him. He loves him. You know, they've worked together for years. <laughs> and he looks up. And he says, let's take a mulligan. <laughs> and Buxo says that? <laughs> no, dude. Mulligan says it. Okay. Because the okay. name of the move was also mulligan. Right, right. And he said, let's take a mulligan. Right. And, um, that, and Buxo knew that, that was they were going to switch places in the move. Right. They were going to do the whole thing over, but now Buxo was going to be where Mulligan was and Mulligan was going to be where Buxo was. Right. And for uh, it lived in in it lived in infamy. <laughs> okay? Wow. So I don't know, that's probably incorrect. So if you want to tell us the the real origin oh story God. of Take a Mulligan. Yeah, well, okay, until that guess, I thought my my uh, origin stories were pretty interesting. <laughs> No, I'm sure they are. But now let's this just—it feels way too grounded now. No, no, let's All hear right. some. Okay, so here's the thing: there is a popular opinion about where this comes from, but this does still fall into the realm of idioms of questionable origin. Hmm. Yep. Now, hmm. most people believe that this is an eponym because there was a mulligan. Ah, there's actually two mulligans. There's two popular men that this uh, idiom is believed to be about. Oh, but you said there was one popular opinion, but now you're telling me there's two popular opinions. Well, that's the thing. So <clears throat> there's one popular opinion that it's an eponym named after a guy. There's a couple others that are like not that. All right. So but are it you seems tell us- like this is the most pop. The thing is that there's a guy, but there's two guys and nobody can agree on who it is. All right. So you're going to tell us about these two guys? Yes. And I'm thinking you could <clears throat> vote or something. 
Okay, yeah. Because we'll, I was, because, you know, researching both these guys, I kind of fall in love with both of them. But oh, you, you kind of. Looking forward to this. You get, yeah. And, uh, so, but I, I, like, I had to go with my heart at the end. Yeah. I think I have an answer. Okay. Well, yeah. Don't tell me end. what your answer no, is. No, okay. and I'll let you. Yeah. All right. All right. And also, if you're watching this, um, on the bottom left screen, there is a vote button. Right. Um, we're just going to have those up there f for the duration of Albert's origin. So you can yeah. um, vote at the end of that. Yeah. So it'll be Mulligan one for the first guy, mm. Mulligan two for the second guy. So I'm going to start with the older one. Now, this guy's a Canadian. <laughs> is that your Canadian accent? No. Oh, okay. But like that's what came out was right there. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So Interesting. So he's Canadian and he's kind of like a well-to-do sort of man. His name is David Bernard Mulligan. Good name. Yeah, it's a strong name. Now, according to the USGA, which is the United States Golf Association, mm -hmm. um this guy Golf Golf G-O-W-L-F. Did I mention this is about golf? No. Oh my gosh, it's about golf. Oh, okay, thank you. <laughs> okay. It's, it's very golf heavy this episode. Oh, all right, I had no idea. Yeah, oh, so you didn't even know Mulligan the, was popularized by a golf, it's a, pop, a golfing term. I mean, you heard my guess, right? Yeah, but I thought you were, I thought you were going like far, far No, out. I don't have a guess for this at all. Oh, wow. Like, I didn't even know that was a golf thing. Yeah. Everyone knows that? I think a good amount of people know that. Oh, okay. But, but I mean, like, your cousins and stuff are golfers and your brother. And they're Irish. Yeah. Right. Irish-American. Right. And there's some Irish stuff going on in here. Okay. All, All right. right. So anyway, on you can go on, this, on their website, the USGA, and they have three versions of this guy's story about how he came to be like mm -hmm. called the mulligan the do-over thing right yeah yeah and they're all kind of similar but the first one is pretty simple it's just like he's playing golf one day he has this bad shot and then immediately re-tees and um he called it like his friends were like what are you doing and he's just like oh it's a correction shot and they were like correction shot like what is that and he's just like just let me go again like let me do it over yeah. and then they're like all right, okay. And there's a, we're going to call that a mulligan. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sure. That makes sense. Yeah. And then it's like the golf clubs, <clears throat> like the golf community, because, and this is something that you should know if you don't golf, because I don't, but there is no, nothing on the books but on official golf games. There is no mulligans. Oh, it is it's a, just part of the culture yes, and everyone knows it. It's part of gentlemen's game, like games when it's not like they would never allow it in any sort of official capacity. Right, right, like right. Like the PGA Tour, there is yeah. no mulligans. Right, know? yeah. But it's something that's kind of like, yeah, if you have. It's like when you're at mini golf and you're like, all right, like, right. I need to do this again. Right. But. Because it was bullshit. But like the hardest shot to, to make accurate is the first shot, like when mm -hmm. you tee off. So it's like, if you have like a totally bad shot, like you're in the woods yeah. or like you're in the water or whatever, it's to be like, all right, I'm just going to have a do-over. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's how people kind of mostly know it. Okay, yeah. But um, this guy, so his friends, his friends started saying, you know, it was called a mulligan and then it kind of spread because, so he was, he was in Canada and then he ended up moving down to like, uh, this place called his new his new club was called Winged Foot, and that was a golf club in the USA. But mm -hmm. I know he was a like the manager of the Waldorf Astoria, so much in New York or something like that. So, okay. but basically, he brought this term from Canada down to America, and he was pretty like affluent, and like people yeah. knew him. So it spread. so it just spread really quickly. Yeah. 
So that's basically oh uh, so I said there's three versions of the story yeah in this in the second one it's the same story but he just drove like a really long bumpy road with his golf mates and he was so shaken up because I guess everyone's driving Model Ts and on like bumpy roads yeah when it was his turn to like tee for the first time he like had this terrible shot and he's like well I I've been driving on the bumpy road so I deserve another <laughs> shot what yeah that sounds. I don't know if that sounds like a realistic <laughs> right? thing, yeah. But either way, same idea. Friends yeah, said it was sure. okay. We called Mulligan after you. And then in the third version, it's the same thing, only he overslept. So he was anxious. And he's like, well, I overslept. Yeah, okay. All those are so this is all guy. this is all guy number one. Guy number one. Okay. All right. So you can vote one if you like him. Mm-hmm. Um, the second guy is... John A. Buddy Mulligan. Cool. This guy, he he was around in the 1930s. So the first dude, he was about 10 years before. This guy was a uh, laundry room attendant at the Essex Fells Country Club in New Jersey. Hey. Hey. So his story goes like this. Uh, If he would get done (laughs) getting finished cleaning out the locker rooms, and there was no new, there was no other members playing for the rest of the day. Yeah, he would join up with a couple of guys, and they would play around. Oh, okay. So this one day, uh, he, the story goes that he met up with the one dude who was like some sort of pro assistant, and the other guy was a member, but it was also a reporter, and he wrote for like uh, sports magazines and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So they go out to play, and Buddy has this bad tee off, and then he goes, he's like a. Oh, well, that's not fair. I was working all morning and you guys were practicing all day. You were playing while I was working. So, like, yeah. give me another shot. And he calls them, like, you thieves. You you owe me at least that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And they're like, okay, all right, buddy. And uh, and he's like, a hot dog. All right. And then, like, and then, like, at the end of the game, he starts telling the other members, he's like, they gave me an extra shot. They gave me a mulligan, you know? And, uh, then people started calling it mulligans. Like the club loved it because they were like, we should all do that. We should be allowed yeah. to have the shot. And then they, they, they said in a lot of the things I was reading, it was like that they did it in honor of Buddy. They would take mulligans for themselves. Oh, of course it was. Yeah. 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 And how quickly we've forgotten, you know, who Buddy was. So it seems like he was never even known in the first place in, right. in a lot of ways. Yeah. He's, he's also two people. But I like that this episode is bringing his honor back. I'd like to think so. To the public, yeah. All right. So to finish his story, mm-hmm. he had a, a kind of an interesting ending. So after in, inventing this do-over shot, uh, he was in World War II. Then he was working at a lingerie plant, mm-hmm. and that burned down. Then he had a nervous breakdown, and then he moved to the Veteran Administration Hospital in Lyons, New Jersey. But while he was recovering, guess what they had? a nine hole golf course on the premises mm. and he re fell in love with golf and it helped him. And this is not a joke. He took a job on that, on that spot as the, he oversees the golf facilities. Is he still alive? I don't know. That oh, was in the, probably not. I guess. I think that was like written up about him in the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> You made it sound like he's there right now. Well, it's like 110 you know or some shit. Well, I feel his spirit. I feel like I feel like um, I could still reach him. Oh, of course. Yeah. So, so that's uh that's that's the second mulligan. So, 
right now we're looking at our votes. No here. one's voting for one. <laughs> Everyone's yes. voting for two. I can't even imagine who would vote for one. Okay, we got Bruce Springsteen here. Everybody, of course, is voting for Buddy. Yeah, I don't even know why you put that on the table as an option to vote. Because you know why? Because French Canadian, that's fun. Sure, and yeah. And he also had a 10-year head start. Yeah, that's great. So there's some maybe people like facts. Both of those things like, what? <laughs> it's like totally whatever, though. Totally whatever. This guy's got Jersey heart. All right. Oh, you know what, though? I do have to mention this. About why? I checked out both of the golf, the country clubs that the, that like these allegedly mm-hmm. came from. I mm-hmm. looked at both of their websites, and both of their websites claim that they... They are the, or <clears throat> excuse me, the originator of the mulligan. Now, the one in Jersey, they have this whole long story about like the guy, and it was like cool and like links to this like video about mm-hmm. the whole thing. But on the one in Canada, in Canada, they have a uh, like a big rock with a plaque on it that Whoa. says like uh, "Home of the Mulligan." Oh, so. See, like it's they both have things to offer. Yeah, but if you're going bigger, you can just look more official. Everyone respects a plaque. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so true. Especially your dad. Oh, my dad loves the plaque. <laughs> he's that should, that a, should be his middle he's name. He's having a plaque attack. He's having a plaque attack. So many plaques. Yeah, all right. So what else? What okay. else you got for us? Uh, these I'm going to fire off. Some people think it's actually an ethnic slur because mm. Mulligan's a common Irish name. Mm-hmm. And in the northeastern U.S. in like the early part of the 20th century, there was like a lot of like Irish people, mm-hmm. and then they were they were just starting to join fancy clubs, and it was a kind of a way to say like, oh, those Irish, those terrible golfers. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's like kind of like oh, now, I got it. Now yeah. yeah, so there's that. Now there's this other thing I found that said that there were saloons sometimes that had like a free bottle of booze that would sit on the counter, and I believe it's like a sort of a swill. Ooh, yeah. Like runoff, um, but like you were you were free to like take, take drinks it. from that if you wanted, and that was called a mulligan. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and it was free. Oh, and like the idea of how that became um, free, like uh, now it's because like you, when you get that do over shot, like when you get that, mm. it's like a free shot. Yeah, so it's like a connection like that. Um, and then there was another thing about like saloons had this mixture of spices that they kept on hand. And if you wanted to get a little extra kick in your beer, you could put it in there. Mm. And that was also free. That was called a mulligan. Okay. You could mix the last two together. Right. I know that's yeah. Right. You could do exactly that. I wonder what, how fast that would kill you <laughs> <laughs> quickly. Um, in 1904, it was also a term for a stew made for whatever is available. Hmm. Now, here's the juicy part. <laughs> I want you to forget about golf. <laughs> Gladly. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to really think about sports anymore. Just forget about it because the next time you hear Mulligan, you're not going to even be able to think about that sport. Well, okay. All right. There is a theory that the Mulligan actually does not come from golf at all, but baseball. And it was popularized. Still sports. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You didn't see that coming, did you? 
You were well, just I, upset that it came. I kind of felt like you were leading me to say, forget <laughs> golf and all sports, but no. I guess that was my but listen, mistake. This, this, the sports fans are going to have to make a, a shift, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because there was a character named Swat Mulligan. Character? Because he was a fictional baseball character. Oh, I see. The mascot. Yeah. No, he's not a mascot. It was... Okay, listen to this. So... Confused. It is confusing. Um, so they used to write... There was Okay, there was a sports writer named Bozeman Bulger. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. He, he chronicled this fake player, Swat Mulligan's like stories, in a Paul Bunyan-esque uh, series of articles that were in the New York Evening World that started in 1908. So he would like write these like crazy comical baseball stories and like... All about this character? Yeah, he was like the main character. Swat Mulligan. Wow. That's pretty cool. Anyway, the idea is kind of like this. Like he he was the type of character that would like swing a um, telephone pole and like just brash, (laughs) you know... I don't know, like the the wall. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> the wall. He go all the way around the world, hit him in the head. <laughs> okay, so he was a, he was like a formidable bigger than man. life, bigger yeah. than life. So <laughs> Got it. there was um, in cricket, they there is something called taking a mulligan, which is when you like swing away. You just like you go crazy with that cricket bat, and the theory is that they would start saying like call people swap mulligans because he could swing so hard and all and like you know, and then that went from calling someone a swat mulligan to uh take a mulligan as like a swing so mm. they they believe it was something that you could call a semantic drift which is where the original meaning is that it's like a really hard swing but then in golf it's like this do-over which makes it bad but yeah. sometimes when you hit a golf ball you can hit it really hard but it's really going not the right way yeah so it could be like that mincing of like the idea of hard and bad you know yeah that definitely happens right Th- there was even a def and like an, an origin that you had said and i was like that might also be right you know what i mean like i feel like mm-hmm. it's possible that two idioms could could kind of be created yeah. in different places at the same time and not necessarily mean the same exact thing, but they just, they kind of just naturally came to both parties. I know, right? But it feels like it's meant to be like they're thinking or something, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Language, <laughs> magical language. Lace gloves just appeared on Albert's hands <laughs> as he did that. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So uh, almost done here. Oh, there. Okay. One little more thing about SWAT Mulligan. They used to call Babe Ruth the Sultan of SWAT. Okay. That was his epithet. And even before that, which you probably have heard that if you ever seen Mm -hmm. the movie, um, wow, the the Sandlot, like Mm -hmm. the Sultan of SWAT. You know, that's the only reason I know that. But um, they also referred to. Babe Ruth in newspapers as a real SWAT mulligan. So like this fictional character, you know what I'm saying? Like like mm-hmm. it's this powerful hitter and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So and then that became Sultan of SWAT. Wait, did then, SWAT Mulligan exist before Babe Ruth? That's a good question because apparently he started around like 1908. So okay. I just don't know when baseball started. Yeah, my yeah, I don't know. I think Babe Ruth was later. Uh, don't know. All right, so it in. sounds like Babe Tell Ruth might have even been after Swap Mulligan. I think so. Okay. Oh, yeah, because this one article, it was from 1920 when they said that Babe Ruth was using his Swap Mulligan stuff at the Annandale <laughs> Courts of Pasadena, California. <laughs> cool. 
<laughs> cool accent. That's how they love it down there. Uh, anyway, something else I think that we could do maybe next show or something like that. There is a SWAT mulligan drink. Mm, with, is it a cocktail? With or? spirits. Yeah, it's a cocktail. So we can make that, you know? Yeah, I'll drink that. All right, last thing. Here we go. Fun facts. Did you know that October 17th is National Mulligan Day? What do you do on a mulligan day? You take a do-over. Oh. <laughs> Call your old girlfriends. <laughs> I see. So that'll be good for everyone back then. And, uh, you know, I also thought, because we were talking about so much sweet, sweet golf, that you might wonder where the term birdie came from. <laughs> and since we were talking about Jersey... You might be happy to know that it is claimed by the Atlantic City Country Club was the term birdie. They also got a plaque. All right. It happened in 1903. Abner, Ab Smith got a good shot. And his, his friend said, that's a bird of a shot. And because back then bird meeting used to be very excellent. They have a plaque on the second, on the second green hole. And it says like home of the birdie. And I was thinking we could go. Albert, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> you know what a birdie is in golf, right? I have no... I'm back to golf. <laughs> oh, I just... You lost me like five minutes ago. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> All right. So for everyone... Birdies else, and stuff. All right. I'm just yeah, going to say you that. Yeah, okay, okay. Give me the details I'm later. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But if you don't know about this in golf... Par is good. You get a par. Is it par four okay. or whatever? Yeah. So if you get we one under. We don't need a whole golf lesson. If you, if you get one under, uh-huh. it's a birdie. Uh, okay. I didn't so know that. It's better than even. It's like below even. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. The negative one? Negative one, okay. which is good. It's a birdie. Got it. That was invented in our own Atlantic shitty. <laughs> Fascinating. And that was Take a Mulligan. No, dude. That's for the Doobie Monster episode. Ah, damn it. Come on. It's uh, Cookie Crumbles. And that's the way the cookie crumbles. So we'll be right back after this little musical interlude. And stick around. More idiom stuff. (laughs) Fun in the sun. straight right now 1600 style 1600 style <laughs> if you get wet you die so we have our second idiom coming up right now and uh any guesses hmm. what it might be 
I'm, I'm going to guess what your idiom is. <laughs> I guess I was talking to the people. Oh, the audience? Yeah, you can Any call ideas? in. They can call in. Not um, bad, not bad. It sounds... But, uh, you know, uh, I met up with Roger last night and we were, were chatting about you. So if your mm. ears were burning... Oh. That's probably why. That was last night. Yeah. I was fighting with my family. <laughs> yeah, my ears was burning. I've heard that one before. Yeah. What's heard, it mean? I've heard it a time or two. I mean, it's someone's talking about you, right? Someone's talking about you, yeah. Subconsciously aware of being talked about, especially in their absence. Hmm. Because sometimes people equate it to if you like hear someone talking about you, it might also be like your ears are burning. Right, because you get like you get all fired up and embarrassed. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's like and associated you, with embarrassment some, too. Right? Yeah. yeah, like you're just like Ew. Yeah, so I guess it, it can be it can have that sort of superstitious thing. Yeah. Where it's like uh, someone's talking about you. Or it can be you you overhearing someone talking about you that uh, they, they didn't know you were there. See, that's interesting. Because yeah. it happens to uh Will Ferrell and Elf, right? Yeah, what's he do? Put something in his He's head? just not fast enough as an elf, so then the other elves are being really nice. They're being really nice. And then behind his back, they're like, you know, he's really slowing us down. <laughs> but then he heard that? Yeah, he heard oh, it. Oh, right. So, so his, his ears, his were, ears were burning. Yeah, Yeah, that's perfect. That's a perfect example. All right, so where do you think it comes from? Oof. What do you think the origin of this could be? Oh, man. All right, I need a second to think about it. Okay. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> this farmer... Farmer Fred mm -hmm. and Farmer Merle. Mm. Fred and Merle. Fred and Merle do not like each other. No, no, no. They, <laughs> share, they share a property line. Oh. In the great cornfields. Are they also brothers or? Well. <laughs> this, this sounds like this Icelandic movie yeah. about these sheep farmers. Wait, was it that this one where the baby's a sheep? No, no, no. Not that. I didn't see that. Different Icelandic movie about sheep. Yeah. It was about rams. All right, sorry. So there's two people. <laughs> yeah, share a property line. Yeah, and, farmers. Yeah, and Fred and Merle, and they're and they're growing corn. Mm-hmm. You know, and Nebraska. You know, they're just like they want they want all the corn. They don't want to. They don't have share share plot. You know. No, no, no. So they do different pranks and such, like overturn the privy. Or um, steal the pine cones and rattle the windows and such. Mm -hmm. And then it escalates. There's, there's some inappropriateness, you know. Butt tapping. You know, just it's just not good. It's, yeah. It, it, and your neighbors and you're looking out the window. You, 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 no, you. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, finally, Farmer, what was the first one? Fred. Fred. Yeah. He, he's like... He just can't take it anymore. And in the night he runs and, and, and they know they hate each other. Like they know. And he, um, he runs out there with the gasoline and he's lights the corn on fire. And then, uh, farmer Merle looks out his window and he's like, ah, Fred. And then of course he's burned into the field. I hate you. <laughs> And then, but then Merle's like, my ears are burning, my ears oh, of corn. His ears my of ears corn. Of corn are burning. Oh my God. <laughs> my ears of corn. 
Did it? Did and I he get was you being with the twist? Spoken to. Yeah, yeah, you did. Huh? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, that's wrong. No. And it was in the 1600s. All right, in, in America, Iceland. Is no, that because no, I it, was it was America. It was America. Okay. It was in Nebraska, like you said. All right. So no, this expression is. It does derive from a very old belief. This has been around for a very long time. This idea of, you know, when you're feeling a sensation in your ears, knowing that someone's talking about you. Right. Right. So that's a very old superstitious. It does seem like it would be old. I should have guessed really old, like church stuff. Yeah, you should have. Damn it. (laughs) So we're going to go to ancient Rome. And they all sit around on those, in those those steps, those stone steps, and they were like, reading, lovely reading. <laughs> lovely reading. <laughs> um, and, you know, they, like the, the, whatever, the politicians at the time, they had augers. Or, I, you know, they, no, I'm sorry, politicians would, and wealthy people would go to augers who essentially would read the, the natural world around them hmm. and, um, you know, not necessarily tell them what their future is going to be, but tell them what they should do based on, you know, either like, like what the woods say. Yeah, well, I, actually, they would in they would observe birds and they would read the like the Ooh. signs of the birds because they would believe that it was uh, messages from their god from Apollo. Actually, I think. We. Yeah, so they'd like look at these birds and um they'd be like, oh yeah, you know, you shouldn't go to the market later. <laughs> bad, <laughs> you bad know? stuff in the market. <laughs> You should really rub some almond butter on your, you know, knees. <laughs> and your sweet bell. And <laughs> your sweet bell. <laughs> um so anyway, so they would they were the kinds of um you know, the kind of advice you would get from them would be like you know, oh my! I'm having a weird sensation in my ears, and the augers would have been the ones who, to have said that, you know, some, means someone's talking about you. Oh, right. Okay. Now, Pliny the Elder. Oh, Pliny the Elder. <laughs> what do you know about Pliny the Elder? I've I've used him before. You've mentioned him before, and I, but I feel like you've also mentioned him before. Yeah. This so this he's might be a the, heavy hitter. He's a heavy hitter. So is Chaucer. Canterbury Tales. Canterbury Tales. That might be five or six. <laughs> if any, if anyone out there wants to go back through the fifty-four episodes and just, just like tally how often Chaucer comes up, right? I'm just curious. Um, Maggie, get on it. Get on it, Maggie. She'll figure it out. So yeah, Pliny was a first-century Roman philosopher i mean he also like wrote the natural history he wanted to write Mm. every single thing he knew down and so one of the books was a collection of commonly held superstitions he recorded over twenty thousand of them and it was really to dude this guy was obsessed it was like his life's goal to just write down everything every bit of information he could find jeez louise you think like i would be like don't tell me anything for like two years, please. <laughs> like, yeah, so <laughs> I know that would be just too much information. Like, God, like, yeah. Oof. But Pliny would, um, one of the superstitions he wrote down was this one that, you know, about your ears burning. And um, 
if your left ear was burning, that signified something evil. And if your right one was burning, it was something like good was being said. That makes sense. But Pliny wants left hand the god shit. Right? I know, right? Yeah, that's not really fair to the lefties. Right. Are you left handed? No, I wish. Mm. They're so artistic. I wish I was left handed. Well, ambidextrous. Well, I would. That would be. That'd be like. Amazing. I'm like. If I was ambidextrous, I would be like. I'm actually left-handed, and then I'd be like, ah, double writing. Yeah, that that'd get the goat. Yeah. But Pliny really wanted to write down these superstitions so he could debunk them, because he was super smart. Wait, are you left-handed? No. Oh, see, you should. But be. I write weird. Well, yeah. Remember, <laughs> Sister Janice would use to smack my desk because she'd be like, write properly, Mr. Patello. And I'd be like, oh, God, I fucking hate nuns. You're making me sick, Mr. <laughs> Patrillo. <laughs> Nun puke. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny that she went back to the second vomit. Um, and then... We do get so that was Pliny, first century Roman. See, and that's why he's so like you just throw him down. You'd be like, oh yeah, I was thinking of this thing. Yeah, you you look like you're not paying attention, Pliny. <laughs> like you can't go back much further than Pliny. It's so far back. It's first century AD. So, oh yeah, I guess we don't know what first century BC is, do we? We don't know. There's Doesn't no, it go on infinitely? Yeah, that's what I mean. Because it just keeps going that way. That's crazy. <laughs> I know. I wonder what first century BC was like. Chaos. Can it be? <laughs> um, no, no, we we can't fathom it. We're merely human. I couldn't even fathom that boxo story. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but I got it on the break. I got it. I just wanted to mention that um, this first appeared in English literature in the 14th century. Mm, quite right. Um, so this author, um, you may have heard of me. <laughs> This author, you may have heard of him before. Um, his name was fucking Chaucer. No way! You set me up. Chaucer wrote this poem, Troilus and um, Cressid. Dog, that is something. And he had a line in there. It was basically, "And when thou art gone, I trust we shall speak of thee somewhat to make thine ears glow." Mm-hmm. Now, glow is a much different has a much different connotation compared to burn. Yes, glow is. But I nice. like it. It is nice. And I was thinking maybe as a community we could bring that back. Yeah. So it'd be like like our ears are glowing. Our ears are glowing mm. as opposed to burning. Wow, that's a nice thought. It is. Um, and then there's there's some like you know we have some 16th century references. So then it just kind of continued on from there because he used it much more figuratively. And well, I'm Chaucer. But the Chaucer man. He's the Chaucinator. <laughs> Can't stop the Chaucer. Canterbury stop the Chaucer. Oh, good. Um, and our Billy Boy Shakespeare also has. He's got to um, get his piece. <laughs> <laughs> In Much Ado About Nothing, um, Beatrice's ears burn when she overhears Hero and Ursula speaking of her. And she says, what fire is in mine ears? Can this be true? Stand I condemned for pride and scorn so much? Contempt farewell and maiden pride. Adieu. No glory lives. <laughs> Fuck. No glory lives behind the back of such. <laughs> Hold on. 
So the first line there is, what fire is mine ears? Cool. Um, that's it. And so then I, the only fun facts I have, um, in French, they have a phrase, and apologies to my friend Erin, who's a French teacher. Well, She's going to hear this. Um, in, the, in the French have a phrase, j'ai les oreilles qui siffent, which essentially means my ears are buzzing. Mm. So we've got the glow, we've got the burn, we've got the buzz. The buzz has the least amount of heat. There's not much heat, but there's that. <laughs> the vibration could feel like heat. Right, but there's the Friction heat. Friction heat. <laughs> um, man, I have some other facts, but I Let's think we should... Em. Nah, Let's, get should kinda, Let's get them in. Let's get them in. should probably tie this up. No, I like this. Um, there's an extra in- idiom. Do you know? Have you ever heard the idiom under the auspices of... No. Because that's also related to that those augurs, those like soothsayers that would, you know, read the birds. Sweet. Auspice is another word for that. And there's an idiom under the auspices of. Shit. No. Which I didn't just know. means like with the help and support of. So, you know, like But like in a mystical way. A donation was made under the auspices of the local historical society. So it doesn't have the same mystical. It's kind of lost that, but it still it still supports you, right? You know, guides you or whatever. Yeah, but it's like a tree elf. Mm, <laughs> you know, it's why? like a, it's like a, like because like it comes from the, the, the soothsayers are looking at nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's like the idea of the word has like a mystical root. Mm-hmm. Very mystical, right? Don't you think? Yeah. Okay. So I just you know I love the little superstition here. Mm. I like the. Um, you know, that certain je ne sais quoi about <laughs> auspice, which I think also has French roots, but now I can't remember anything. No, <laughs> my brain hurts too much. So anyway, that's a wrap on that, I think. Um, so next time you feel your ears burning or glowing, think about who might be talking to you. Is it someone good on the right? Oh, bad on the left. Ten, nine, and I hear the countdown. Shit. Well, I guess six, this is the end. This five, is the end of our show, but four, uh, listen, if you'd like to reach three, out, email three, us at don'tbeanidiom at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, if you want a postcard or something, just let us know. We'll send you one. Yeah, it's the holidays. We're feeling generous. Quite. So uh, until next time, don't be an idiot.
get shot down by a coil You don't need to swing a club To get a hole in one Grab a pint on Friday night Drink till the morning sun You can always take a mulligan You can always take a mulligan Strokes, they don't count against you When you find yourself with good friends